0: My name is Leila Mackenzie-Dellis, founder and CEO of Dial Global, and you are listening to the CEO Activist podcast. Today, I am joined by the tremendous John Dutton, Chief Executive of British Cycling. John has had 28 years plus working within sporting organizations, driving them to success at the helm. He's worked previously for PGA and the Rugby League World Cup 2021, and he joins me today to tell us all about his journey, where he is uh, now at uh, the top of one of our most well-known and well-loved cycling organisations. Not being biased, I'm here with one of my favourite human beings on the planet. His name is John Dutton. John, it is a pleasure to see you and to interview you again on what is our brand new podcast, The CEO Activist.
1: Very exciting, uh, Layla, and you are very kind. Um, we've known each other for some time, so uh, I'm sure the conversation will flow and uh, we'll get into some really interesting and exciting topics.
0: We always do get into interesting and exciting topics, don't we? And today, it is this is the first time that I've been to British Cycling and the same with the team. Branding is superb. Very impressive site indeed. And amazing just not only to know you as a friend, but also to have watched the legacy of your personal journey last 28 years, nearly three decades in sport, PGA through to the Rugby League World Cup 2021, which happened in 2022, and you still pulled it off now to British cycling. Talk to us about how it has been over the last six months and give us a whistle-stop tour of how you came to be here.
1: Gosh, uh, first of all, I'm in a really privileged position. Uh, I love sports. Uh, I love the things that sport are able to do uh, in terms of reaching the population. Um, and from growing up, I-, I always wanted to be a professional uh, athlete, a rugby player, ideally. Uh, I was never good enough nor brave enough. Uh, so sports administration has been a pretty good second best. Uh, so golf, uh, football, um, a bit of cycling, uh, but then rugby league for the last 12 years. And uh, five months into my new role as Chief executive for British Cycling, uh, so it, an absolute privilege. Uh, I've had some amazing experiences, met some amazing people, worked around the world, um, but back here now in Manchester, which is also a pretty special place to me.
0: Again, I'm biased because I love Manchester, having grown up here. Well, grown up for a big portion of my life here in the north, and we were both fellow lovers of the North. And so pulling into the train station this morning, I was like, wow, it's almost like coming back home. And, you know, I wonder whether that is how it feels to you, because you have a tremendous background and a very interesting personal background, which I'd love for you to you know, almost we'll nice go back in time and tell us a little bit about that as oh, well.
1: Gosh, I, I mean, Man- Manchester is like a magnet uh, and it's really interesting. I know we'll talk about social mobility, which is a, a personal passion of mine, the fact that where you are born plays such a pivotal part uh, in your life. Uh, and I've had just a an amazing um, background in terms of my parents, um, who uh, always taught me about being determined uh, and building resilience, uh, playing sport, uh, making friendships, and and seeing some of the amazing things that sport can do, uh, and then working in a professional um, capacity. Uh, so my life journey has been uh, like everyone's. Um, there are bumps um, in the road. Uh, I certainly learned a lot lot about myself. Uh, on the rugby league world cup uh, a tournament that i'd worked on for six years and was postponed only two two months out uh, from delivery um, but i also learned probably in that period that um, life's far more important uh, than work and uh, we become better people by going through uh, adversity so that ability to build resilience uh, to have a sense of determination uh, and my role um, you know I, I have a leadership role in sport in sports administration um, i'm not going to change the world uh, but what i can certainly do as a leader um, it show, uh, the natural attributes of standing up for what you believe in, uh, being a role model, uh, being an ally, uh, and helping, uh, make, uh, opportunities better. I, I think from a, from a life perspective, we can tackle inequalities through providing opportunity. Uh, and I've seen the power of sport and uh, the role that sport can play in that.
0: John, thank you so much for sharing. I'm going to pick up on a couple of things you mentioned there when it comes to facing into adversity and resilience, because those things are far easier said than done. Think, you know, obviously we spent time at, at number 10 Downing Street recently where we're talking about CEO activism. And I think externally at times it's easy for people to think you're in a CEO role, it's it's a, a role where actually you're not facing into quite as many challenges or headwinds as you are. And the leaders of today and the CEOs that, that I see be most successful are those that really, truly lean in to the challenges. They are there shoulder to shoulder with their team as you were at the Rugby League World Cup and you are now in the new role. But those relationships, those friendships, that um, you know, upward social mobility that you talked about, key aspect of of diversity, all critical factors that actually um, stand our future leaders in in great stead.
1: Yeah, I, I think leadership is about fundamentally how you make people feel, uh, and it's a big part of growing culture. Um, getting people together, particularly when you're going to attempt something that's significant and different. Um, I think we have to consider the world in which we live in. It probably has never been a more complicated place than it is at the moment. Uh, the lingering impact of the pandemic, uh, war in Europe for the first time in our lifetime, cost of living crisis, soaring inflation, you know we can go on and certainly running, leading a business now is pretty complicated. There are the geopolitical aspects, the socio-economic aspects that probably have always been there to a greater or lesser extent but it feels at the moment like the perfect storm uh, so to get things done hard uh, is hard but you probably just need to do things in a slightly different way so i've talked a lot in my first five months about agility uh, about efficiency uh, about looking out for each other looking after each other and if you can create a culture within an organization um, it's so powerful when people feel together that you're on the same journey You can see a clear direction of where you are heading uh, and also that you can actually have that positive impact on people's lives so certainly from a social impact perspective uh, just getting out and being in communities and genuinely making a difference for the right reason Uh, and if we can remove some of the barriers that still exist and go back to social mobility i mean it is just quite staggering in 2023 that some of the challenges that people face uh, in the life in a developed economy um, and if we can play a small part from a sport, from a cycling, previously from a rugby league, uh, but for primarily by just doing the right thing. Mm-hmm.
0: I absolutely concur. And you mentioned before the feeling of belonging and this, uh, this almost innate togetherness. Um, you know, I remember in my early career walking into a room and having my, Hairs on my arms prickle up on, on, on my arms, back of my neck feeling, Oh my goodness. I'm not sure whether I belong here. Yeah. And I think that's something that you do so beautifully well through the power of leadership, but also the power of sport, because to your point, this is something that inspires, it motivates, it enthralls so many people. And so getting out there into the community and driving that social mobility aspect up is really critical to be able to see the sport and the business to succeed because actually in that success, it gives greater opportunity to many, many people, which is so desperately needed Right now, during what is, uh, as you rightly pointed out, cost of living crisis, inflation, soaring, um, many other things, we really must Pay attention to that cause it is it's a volatile uncertain absolutely unambiguous world that we live in it absolutely is I mean we, we've
1: talked frequently about edI and belonging being the word that's missing and you know the work of your organization is a, a testament to your determination to change that and understand that belonging is really a uh, it's a powerful word and when you get it right. It can remove those barriers. It can tackle inequalities and they do still exist. And let's not pretend that we live in a perfect world because we really don't. Um, I think in sport, we've seen some, um, fantastic examples of, um, belonging, um, being a part of success, uh, and delivering, uh, whether it's for a community, whether it's for a, a sense of identity from a national team, whether it's people place and civic pride and, and we certainly saw that in the tournament we uh, delivered. But I think belonging is a really important part of um, having difficult conversations and making sure that it's grounded in organisations and certainly some of the programmes that we would look to do. Uh, cycling is a sport that can reach the whole population and that belonging bit for me just keeps coming uh, to the fore um, but back to the world in which we're living being a tough place and at times being a really unfair place. Uh, so I think that we've all got to work as leaders. Look, uh, we, we, We've taught, and I've spoken on many different panels, uh, particularly on diversity, and said, I am a white, middle-aged man. Um, and it, you know I can be part of the conversation. As a leader, I can help make things better. Can't change who I am, and, and maybe I don't necessarily represent some communities in which we work in. Um, but social mobility, for me, is the pivotal point of being born, and living in the north of England, having some amazing experiences, but seeing the stark inequalities that still exist in the community in which I live in. And if I can play a small part in making that better, using sport as a power for uh, the good, um, then I absolutely will. And I'm interested in many, and many areas, Leila, of trying to use this opportunity, soft power and diplomacy, international relations, you know, all the things that can help Move the dial might only be in a small way, um, to us here today, uh, but some people that you can impact and, uh, affect, then that's in a, in a really significant way. I remember, um, from a Ruby League Cup perspective, we worked with an organization who specialize in helping people in social care provide opportunities and, and some of the small things, just the small things we did, like you know, that we allowed them a pathway to be volunteers at our event. Um, and when I reflect back on that, that was huge. You put the individual at the heart of, The things that we did uh, from a leadership perspective—that—that was playing an enormous part uh, in self-efficacy and in in helping um, give a positive experience—and yeah, maybe the small things are creating the biggest impact.
0: I believe they do. I like to call them inclusion nudges, because lots of little nudges versus one great grandiose piece makes a great difference, and. You know, again, picking up on something that you mentioned there about being a white guy, I have to say it does, it worries me a lot that white guys, in particular, chief executives and those who are in positions of power are almost having to excuse themselves for being white men and for being you mentioned role models. We like to talk at Dal about real models because actually you're there, you're doing it. Those who are in the seats of power actually have far more capability to impact than those who, to an extent, are preaching to the converted. And so I'd love to hear your take on, number one, you know it is there a time where you felt that you didn't belong? Obviously, you're from the north. We all know about the north-south divide, which is a very, very real yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, your take on CEOs, white males, obviously we'd love to see more representation and we've done a huge drive towards that. You attended our, our, our initial CEO activist event where well, we had three Steve's. And I remember having, you know, real mm-hmm. fierce criticism for that. Saying, yeah. Why have you got three Steve's? And actually, the answer I gave was if you looked below the surface, you would know that Steve Ingham, only FTSE 250 chief exec in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the waist down. Steve Morales, um, very sadly, two children with the combined mental age of five, was widowed. Steve Rowe, former chief exec of Marks & Spencers, another white male. Actually, the story of social mobility from stacking shells right up the way to becoming chief executive, it almost takes away Mm. from the great journey because we have individuals panicking about the weaponization at times of diversity and even ESG.
1: Yeah. yeah, And and I've been in that position, uh, Leila. I mean, the first thing, I find it difficult that anyone would criticize um, your work. It's always incredibly thoughtful and just what you describe, you you clearly put together people who had incredible lived experiences that were able then in a leadership role to help do something uh, about those things. Uh, I remember a conversation maybe a couple of years ago uh, and it was about racism Um, and I was told my view didn't count because um, I hadn't experienced that, I hadn't had that lived experience and and I found that really difficult um, because I knew Um, I am who I am. I'm incredibly proud um, of my upbringing Um, and that's why social mobility um, is really important to me. But in a leadership position, um, being a role model, being an ally, um, being authentic are the things I am in control of doing that. And because now, after 28 years of working hard, I've reached a point in my career where I believe I have influence. I, I would love to be part of those uh, conversations. So I think the weaponization, um, you know, there's some incredibly difficult circumstances in society, misogyny, racism, homophobia. Um, and, and that has filtered into sport. You know, we see it in the news more frequently than I would hope to, but uh, hopefully then people like myself, uh, who can understand, um what the issues are and actually do something about it uh, and, and we can talk forever and i'm a big fan of action speak louder than words uh, and it is the actions that we take that will change the world not just talking and um feeling good about ourselves uh, but yeah experience situations where i felt really uncomfortable um and Um, I'm really proud of what we did on the Rugby League World Cup where we said right at the start of the journey we had no idea how we were going to do this by the way that we would put men, women and wheelchair athletes together on the same platform and everyone would be treated um, equally whether that was um, the introduction of prize money, uh, equalization of participation fees, travel, accommodation, the venues that we played, in all the things that hadn't been equal before, uh, we set out and said, we're gonna change this. Um, now, that was really easy in 2015, eight years ago, and we hadn't worked out how we could afford to do it, or how actually we would do it, and it was quite hard. But just because it was hard, didn't mean to say that we should put it by uh, the wayside and just forget about it. And, and it's things like that that you need to have role models, you need to have examples of where people have blazed a trail, um, and actually done things. And, and one of the really amazing women that work with us always said you cannot be what you cannot see. And uh, and I think that's true. And I think if you can get the balance of people that like myself, white, middle-aged uh, man who worked for 28 years um, in the sports industry, uh, but I, I'm an advocate of change and an advocate of tackling inequalities and then people that we can see being role models and that communities can associate with. And there is no There's no magic wand. Um, There's no easy answers to tackle some of these problems. But certainly having the difficult conversations um, and and doing something about it.
0: I love that you talk about action speaking louder than words, because that absolutely was the case with the Rugby League World Cup. And it is far more challenging to do it than just to say it. And it's one of the things that I'm finding at the moment keeps me awake a little at night is I, I love... The media, but I also appreciate and find it challenging that the media can be used for a huge power for greater good, but equally it can also perpetuate certain issues. And that if you're not in the position of a certain element of diversity and have had that experience, it's very easy to go, hey, you know, this is what's being said, there's culture wars, whatever um, on the front pages of newspapers and then believing everything that happens or is said when actually you scratch below the surface. We yep. talked about a VUCA world before. This yep. is a far more complex issue than I think really... Anyone understands, and that's me included. You know, yeah. we are lifelong learners. We never will stop learning, but the whole thing is an evolution. It's like, yeah. you know, saying, hey, culture, yeah. you know, it's done. It's living, it's breathing, it's sleeping, Absolutely. it's eating, it is moving with every year that we are in business, with every year that yeah. we are alive.
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, VUCA exists. I mean, vulnerability, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Gosh, every day when I turn up to uh, work, all of those things, and, and 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 it's harder. It's harder than it uh, ever has been before. Um, and I think some of the agendas uh, that we have to tackle. So, if we take one here at British Cycling, transgender uh, and non-binary, which is obviously a societal um, problem, a societal issue. Um, and we've had to apply that in the world of, of sports, and it's emotive, it's divisive. Mm. Um, we, uh, perhaps at British Cycling, first time round, didn't really get it right. And there wasn't quite a clear level of understanding, um, but we had to find our way uh, through that, and we've done that predicated on fairness. Um, and some people will be really unhappy with the way that we've done things, but that's goes back to leadership. You've got to um, be clear. Um, you've got to have a sense of direction and determination, and, and our Protocols around that were predicated fundamentally on fairness. Uh, but that, that, that's just one of the many, many issues now in society. And I think social media has perpetuated um, mm-hmm. some of that fake news. you know, All, all the things that um, we have to deal with now, that certainly when I was growing up, none of that um, existed. And I am of an age where uh, I grew up uh, without a mobile phone. Uh, you know, without I, I look at my uh, two sons, and it's just radically different the level of expectation uh, on them um, because we have all of this technology. Some of it is a force for the good, and some of it, perhaps not. Um, and and we just have to find a way. It's, uh, I, I remember, you know, a couple of situations in my career where um, you know I'm a pretty determined, pretty resilient uh, person, but some some couple of situations where you know I just almost felt like giving up, and and it took some self reflection. Uh, to think, well, stop feeling sorry for yourself and you're, you're in a role where you can actually do something uh, about that. Uh, but we all encounter difficult times and we all live in this um, incredibly um, complex society. Uh, but also, you know, we can do things that are simply amazing and we see, particularly in the world of sport, uh, there's a Rugby Union World Cup happening at the moment. We all the amazing women's uh, football World Cup, uh, you know, tournaments like the one that uh, I led on that was predicated on social impact in local communities, and so, you know, if we can use those opportunities as a force for the good, we can definitely address some of the societal challenges that we face.
0: Mm. It's really powerful everything that you've said there. Not only personally, but also um, I do share your fear actually with social media. I mean, I know I, I have a have a little boy who's who's fifteen and a half months old now, and. I mean, I remember being at secondary school, getting a a Nokia and playing Snake and being like, oh my goodness, this is like the best thing ever. Um, I remember floppy disks. I'm I'm that, I'm that. Oh yeah. (laughs) I remember floppy disks. (laughs) Well, no, they're like, deserve a place in a museum now. It's crazy. Um, but I'd love to pick up on, on something you said, um, there and you shared some vulnerability, which I think is, Again, personally, maybe not everyone would agree with me, but I think vulnerability is such a superpower. Yeah. And in particular, in a world where social media has risen to the point where I think this false perception of perfection yeah. has been held up there as something that we need to do when yeah. You know, on the flip side, our youth and our five generations in the workforce, in particular, the younger generations, are expecting CEOs and leaders to speak out on societal and social issues. Um, Therefore, isn't it better to say, you know what, actually... We've not got it right. We're putting it right as opposed to fake news that says, Hey, everything Absolutely. is glossy. We know it's not. And then before you know it, CEO or board comes tumbling down because there's been some massive faux pas. Yeah. And there's plenty of examples yeah. that I could, could name there. And so I think the right way is this, um, you know, beautiful power of vulnerability that you show, but also the look we don't get it right all the time. And also, to be able to please every single person on the planet is always going to be impossible because, you know, to your point, this is very, very emotionally driven. Yeah. We're entering into a space where each of us have our own lived experiences and each of us have our own opinions. So be it the transgender, argument, be it, um, you know, race, wars, which and whatever, actually, yeah. there's always going to be a disparity between certain mindsets. And so, you know, trying to make the best decision for social good yeah. is, is the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I don't think
1: perfection exists. Um, I think if you chase perfection, you'll probably catch excellence. And maybe that pursuit of perfection has um, ha- has affected some of the things that we've been able to deliver. Um Vulnerability, I remember acutely about about three years ago um, and I had my um, check-in with my chair uh, on my objectives and he said, you know, you're doing great, you need to show more vulnerability. And I went away slightly confused by that conversation and I went and typed it into Google and looked up what vulnerability meant. I think the first thing that came up was expose yourself to harm. I thought, oh gosh, don't really fancy that. <laughs> and, um, and it was only through some of the experiences, you know, over the last probably couple of years, I truly understood that vulnerability is a superpower. And um, showing vulnerability as a leader. First of all, when you get things wrong, you've just got to front it up and hold your hands up and, and, and say, look, we've got it wrong and these are the things we're going to do about it. Uh, I think you get found out uh, if you're not mm. authentic. Uh, mm-hmm. Authenticity authentic leadership is uh, really important to me. Um, but that sense of vulnerability, um, when we turn up to work every day, whether we're working from home or coming into the office or out on the road, you know, some days we feel better than others. Um, some, some days you just think, gosh, I'm not quite sure I've got the solution to this. And this is where you rely then on surrounding yourself with really talented people. Um, and I often, I, I use a football analogy all the time, that if a football team had 11 goalkeepers, they would lose every game. And, and you need a t- to build a team that has a different mindset, uh, that has different skills, uh, that has different philosophies in approach. Um, and I'm really enjoying that in my new role, uh, at British Cycling, because when you've got big problems to solve, you know, whether it's financial sustainability, whether you're trying to grow commercial revenue, uh, whether you're trying to diversify, um, you need to have that, um, skill set, but vulnerability and leadership, uh, if you didn't show vulnerability and you were always, um, reaching for perfection, um, it's, I think it's quite a fast route to failure. Um, again, particularly in the, uh, Complex environment that we uh, that we find ourselves in.
0: Absolutely, and sometimes the biggest learnings come from those failures, and the you know the most almost enlightening moments come after the times where you feel, and you know, I speak for myself here, where you feel, oh my goodness hit rock bottom here or something's happened, be it work, be it personal life. Um, You know, I I think I mentioned my father passed away just over three months ago. And, you know, I really questioned my entire motivation for existence, frankly. And, you know, I think it takes those moments on life's path and journey to make you almost reset and go actually, okay, pick yourself up, put your big girl pants on and, or not big girl pants in your case, obviously, but, um, you know, get back on yeah. the horse or get back on the bike and, yeah. and, and, and go again. Yeah, life
1: is complex, isn't it? And and life at times feels really unfair, you know, mm. whether it's the uh, loss of a loved one or, or other adversity in life. But I, I genuinely think that adversity, it never feels like it at the time. You learn more about yourself. Uh, through adversity than you do through success. Um, and I can associate, you know, with sometimes in my career, sometimes in my life, um, where you really have felt like giving up and, and just uh, feeling sorry for yourself because life isn't fair. Um, but they're, they're the things, you know, you can learn more about yourself in those moments uh, than I think you will uh, at any other point, as hard as it
0: is. So, John, I'd love to ask the question you've very kindly shared and alluded to the fact that there were times that you felt i've i've had enough i'm i'm going to give it up maybe i feel a little sorry for myself talk us through some of those times and what helped you propel yourself back into yeah i, I...
1: I think the emotions at the time, so if so, so we go back uh, a couple of years in a professional um, capacity, um, feeling emotional, um, feeling quite uh, tired, exhausted, uh, feeling like you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, um, and then that sort of leads to just feeling sorry for yourself, um, and you can see then the impact that has on the people uh, around you. Um, how, how then do you navigate through that, first of all, reflection? Um, you know, just just a new day uh, presents an opportunity to reflect. And then secondly, surround yourself with really high quality people who will challenge you um, and will uh, help get the best out of you by asking some really uh, direct questions. And, uh, you know, for me, uh, I am full of energy. Um, I'm full of determination. Um, I'm resilient i'm resolute um you know I think I take from my parents my dad was a teacher my mum was a nurse uh, and just the journey uh, to bringing up a family um and just that, just get on with it don't feel sorry for yourself there's no time for that just get on with it and and it's hard isn't it it's hard at times when you're full of uh, all that thing you're in a sense of sense of expectation more as a leader you know people are looking to you i remember at moments during the pandemic. Well, probably for the first time in my career when people asked me a question and i said i don't know i don't know the answer and you could see that the sense of uncertainty really fueled anxiety and, mm. uh, and you could just sort of feel that bubbling up and then everyone is looking to you for the answer and then when you think well i don't really know um, so i can do two things either one i can pretend i know and take the organization in one direction or them two i can show that sense of vulnerability and say, well, I don't know. What I do know is that I'm looking out for you. I'm going to look after you, and we're hopefully going to get to the right place. Uh, but that personal um, adversity, uh, I think my summary would be: um, surround yourself. I, I call it a little uh, board of directors. You know, and if you have your own personal board of directors, make sure that they've got a different mindset and a different skill set, and they'd offer you really high quality advice. Surround yourself with your loved ones and the people that are most important to you uh, in life. You know, when when I I remember acutely, um, we were going to postpone, we did postpone the Rugby League World Cup after six years of my life, which became a personal obsession and seeing the people that worked so hard. um, And I said, look, I've I've gone as far as I can. Uh, I offered my resignation. Um, And my wife turned around and said, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, you've worked six years, um, and it might not be quite as good as it was going to be because you take a backward step, but just, just get on with it and, uh, and, and, enjoy and, and as a leader, show those leadership qualities that can impact on other people. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for reflection. Uh, and I found more, um, I, I run, uh, I run really slowly, uh, Lila, but I, I run and I just find it, um, and I'm doing some more cycling as well. Um, I just find those moments where you can just take your mind uh, somewhere else um, and clear it and think more rationally uh because when you're tired, when when you know, when things happen uh to you, it becomes slightly irrational. uh but having that clearer mind, uh, and a and a sense of purpose and my sense of purpose is just to come and make a difference. My my whatever it says in my job description here, I have no idea because my job description I've reinvented and it says one line and it's to make a difference. And might come a point where I can't make a difference. And then that's definitely time for me to move on and do other things. But whilst I'm here and whilst I can make a difference and positively impact on um, the things that we do and hopefully on people's lives, then that sense of determination will grow stronger. But I think you've got to go through adversity um, to um, find that sort of renewed sense of energy and purpose.
0: And a very strong wife helps. Very, very,
1: very, very strong wife who uh, isn't afraid to uh, uh, tell you, uh, stop feeling sorry for yourself and uh, <laughs> Uh, and just get on with it. And, uh, and, and it's great. I mean, we, we all have different circumstances in our lives, don't we? But just, you know, my, my family, so, sometimes it's that perspective. And sometimes, you know, I want to work 24 hours a day. Um, you know, I, I, I get a lot from, um, working hard. Um, and again, I think that's from my parents. Sometimes you just have to think, well, the most important thing in your life is your family. It's not, it's not work. Um, and, and, and that perspective. Um, so I think during the pandemic, we talked about the three P's, which was prioritization, uh, pragmatism, um, and perspective. And if you go back to, uh, those, so reorder what you need to do and make sure the most important things are at the top. Um, ha- have that just not, nothing's perfect. So let's just find ways to do things on pragmatism. Um, and then that perspective, you know, never forget about what the most important things in your life are. What, 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 why are we doing this? Why are we coming to work every day? Well, yeah, we can affect change, but also, uh, we want to look after our family.
0: Mm-hmm perspective resonates such a lot and I know that it will with others who who are listening into to to this podcast and you know you mentioned your parents a number of times which are just is so heartwarming and you know for, for for me personally it's exactly you know it's it's why you work hard every day that being said love is universal and so Really, what are we doing it for? It's easy to become a workaholic. And there's many CEOs that I know who have, you know, they almost put their sense of self-worth, and I think I've done it as well, put sense Mm. of self-worth in that same bucket as, um, you know, working so hard it nearly kills you. But actually, if not for the family and for creating sustainable change for the future and for the people, then then why do yeah. it? Do we want to be on our deathbed one day 100%. and not be, you know, we're going to be thinking, oh, we should just send that one more email.
1: Absolutely, 100%. And friends as well, we talked a lot about family, but I'll give you an example of a quite spectacularly wonderful human being, Kevin Sinfield. Um, I think many people will appreciate Kevin's story, um, but his friend, Rob Burrow, has motor neuron disease, uh, just a debilitating, dreadful um, disease illness. And and Kevin's done various fundraising uh, things, and came to me uh, about eighteen months ago and said, "Look, I, I want to run seven ultra marathons in seven days. Gosh, um, and I want to finish at the, at the World Cup final uh, at Old Trafford. Um, can you help? Yeah, of course we can." Um, and, and Kevin did that, um, exhausted on the final day of the final day of the tournament, um, and he walked into the middle of the field, uh, sixty seven thousand people inside uh, Old Trafford, um, and he said. Look, we all need to be better friends. I'm doing this for my friend and not a dry eye in the whole stadium, 67,000 people in true admiration of uh, a truly wonderful individual. So um, it just shows family, friends uh, and doing things for the right reasons, but also using the power of bringing people together um, to change people's lives.
0: Mm. You said that so perfectly and um, I mean I've been reading a lot of like this book called Lost Connections and how connections are really intrinsically linked with motivation and you've covered so many of them there is the, you know, the connections with with nature, the connections with people, the connections with family and all of those, you know, have purpose and diversity, inclusion, belonging, equity, culture, almost woven as a golden thread Throughout all of those that make us want to get up, go to work, do what we do very best every day. And, you know, what I love so much about our conversations, John, is you show just this incredible amount of humility and also modesty in talking and doing what you do. Because, you know, coming right back to the beginning of the conversation, actions do speak louder than words. And even the fact that you would offer a resignation, that you would sit as a chief executive when many, People still think, "Oh, chief executives have got it easy." They have not, because you too are a a husband, a father, a colleague. Yeah,
1: and and also, I guess, a responsible human being. So, mm-hmm. some of the things that you just said completely resonate. You know, the agenda around uh, environmental sustainability, uh, the agenda around uh, travel, uh, the agenda around health. You know, we, we are. I think we're on the verge of an existential public health crisis. So, I think as human beings we all have a responsibility to make the world a better place for us and our families right now uh, but also for future generations um, and, and that's what i love about the role that i'm in i, I can i can play a small part a really small part um, in some of that and certainly um, if i've got the chance of making a difference uh, i certainly will do but it's uh, it's just it's just brilliant to um have the opportunity to meet great people uh, to have difficult conversations, uh, you know, to engender that whole, you know, what can we do? How can we make things uh, better? Uh, and how can we do things for the right reason? You know, put our egos to one side and, and truly think about uh, why we're doing things and, and having a purpose. That, that, to me, well, perhaps is the most powerful thing in the whole world. I think if you have purpose, you have power. Um, and you know, everything I've tried to do in my career, certainly more laterally, is always come back to purpose. Always come back mm. to, let's ask the question why, uh, but we have, we have a sense of purpose, that unifying togetherness, of belonging, um, gosh, you can, uh, you, you feel like you can change the world. Um, we might play a small part in it, but it's pretty powerful.
0: Love it. Purpose, power, prosperity. Um, lots of Ps there. This, this is, is just a list tremendous. Of
1: pragmatism and prioritisation uh, yeah. and perspective I have to, uh, maybe we've uh, we'll, we'll got to a different letter of the, uh, the alphabet. So, but it, I, I mean, per purpose. You can see it can You can see many examples. Um, you can see on on sports teams. I, I was speaking at a conference uh, last week around wellbeing and trying to correlate uh, how a sports team, any team, um, prepares and the ones that are successful. And then move that into a leadership and into a business culture environment. And you can see some of the things that, that you train, um, that you play, that you rest, that you then reflect and, and then you go again. Well, that happens in successful sports teams. It can happen in successful businesses. Um, so yeah, it's fascinating and an un- unquenchable even after 28 years. I just love learning. I love meeting people, interesting people from different backgrounds and learning. And gosh, we can, a- anyone that says that you can't learn something new every day. It's just wrong uh, because you absolutely can.
0: I can see the twinkle in your eye when you start talking about sports and the power of um, sports to to change the world. Before we wrap, I would love just to ask your thoughts around CEO activism and why um, others should join the CEO Activist Council, plus what CEO activism means to you and why we should put the S in ESG? Yeah, it's
1: pro- probably just the summary of the conversation uh, that we've had. I mean, why, why wouldn't you, if you're in a CEO role and you've got the opportunity to affect uh, change and be part of that big conversation, why, why wouldn't you? Um, what I've loved so far about being part uh, of the group that you've assembled is some amazing people um, from different backgrounds who are prepared to have the difficult conversations and try and figure out how we can... Affect change, uh, and I think that uh, you know the, the, the social fabric, whether it's social mobility, social impact, the society that we live in, and we 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 should all be responsible and have a part to play. Uh, and I think along the journey, uh, other CEOs can uh, have a bit of fun, meet some wonderful people, uh, be part of something that does have a purpose, a strong purpose, uh, and that that sort of belonging uh, together. Uh, so yeah, I, I would advocate anyone that has the ability to. Uh, play a part in your uh, successful journey to uh, yeah come and come and join the journey and and there'll be some bumps in the road but again that's uh, if it was all straightforward and all, all really easy, really easy we probably wouldn't even be having this conversation
0: exactly and what a journey it is what a journey it will be and what a tremendous tremendous journey you have have been on um, John thank you so much I have learned so much every time I speak to you I learn. More, I think that we should speak more frequently, even Sounds more frequently.
1: Good Sounds good to me, like
0: <laughs> Than we do. But purpose, social mobility, sport as a power to drive not only engagement, but also uh, better communities, better societies. Absolutely. And um, sport is something that we as business leaders and people can learn a huge Amount from. So, John, John, thank you so much. Um, really excited to have a look around as well, the Velodrome. So, um, thank you again. And My it pleasure. is uh, just a, a joy to know you and have you part of the CEO Activist Council as well.
1: Thanks, Leila.